0: Well, happy Easter, everyone. I hope you're doing well today. I want to thank you so much for being a part of Easter 2018 at Hilton Head Island Community Church. And I want to especially thank those folks who are standing in the back um, and the ones who are down here to my right. And they get to see all the words that I get to see on that monitor right there. Thank you guys for being there. But especially our folks in backstage who are watching this via a live feed. Hey, backstage guys, how are you doing today? You heard him. Okay, they can hear us. That's good. All right, that's great. Very good, very good. Well, I'm glad that you're here today and uh, glad that you've chosen to worship with us and be with us. There's a, a several centuries old tradition in the church that takes place on Easter, and it goes a little bit like this He is risen. And that is something that started several centuries ago, but it originated from the passage of Scripture, that declaration, it re- uh, references or it comes back to Luke chapter 24, and that's where we're going to be today in Luke chapter 24. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there, you can go there. If you have your uh, you know, devices, you can jump on there on your devices. We're going to be in Luke 24. If you don't, the words will be on the screen this morning. And we're going to be taking a look at really this chapter that's really an amazing chapter. In fact, uh, there are literary scholars who don't believe in the truth of the Bible, but they say that Luke chapter 24 is one of the best literary parts in all of Scripture, and it really is amazing. I think you're going to see that today, but we believe that what we're going to read about what we're going to hear about today is the truth of God's Word as, uh, as His disciples encountered Him for the first time after His death. I wonder what it would have been like to, to be one of His followers. I mean, kind of get there for a moment. You're in the first century. It's the Roman Empire, and and most of his followers were Jews who left a lot of what they knew to be true and comfortable and secure to follow this rabbi. Uh, They left their their sources of incomes in many cases. They left their family, their heritage. They left where they, they lived and knew to follow a man who was a rabbi, who changed everything about what they believed. I mean, he came onto the scene, Jesus did. He came onto the scene, and he said that a relationship with God was no longer based on following rules, but it was based on a relationship. It was based on a relationship with God through him, through his son, Jesus And that would have turned the world upside down in April and May. We're going to be walking through the book of Acts and looking at the very first church. And those people who are so brave, and they turned the world upside down. We're going to be doing that in April and May here. But Jesus was the original one who turned the world upside down just by what he taught. And they followed him. And then get this, all of a sudden, in the midst of following him, one day after Passover, he's arrested falsely accused, falsely charged, goes through a phony trial, is, is beaten, is whipped, is scourged, is nailed to a cross to die, and all of a sudden this one that you followed, that they followed, was put in a tomb, and he was gone. He was gone. The one that many of them had risked everything for was gone in a moment. And then God in his sovereignty, God in his complete understanding of who we are, arranged things so that these followers would have several encounters with Jesus after his death. The the Bible tells us that um, he spent about 40 days and appeared to about 500 different people after he had died, and the first encounter with Jesus I want to read about here in Luke 24. We're actually going to look at three different encounters today. One is the encounter of Jesus in the empty tomb. The other one's on the road to Emmaus, and the third one is in Jerusalem, and it all happens within a few hours of each other. Check this out from Luke 24. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, these ladies who were helping, uh, helping uh, prepare his burial, taking the spices that they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, these men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? Now, just picture these three ladies who have gone to the tomb to see what's going on with Jesus, and they look in, and he's not there, and I'm sure they were scared. And I'm sure that the appearance of two angels in their angel form probably just brought peace to their hearts, right? I don't think so. It probably caused them to be more terrified. Except the, the angel brought a word, the angels brought a word to them, and that is, as they were looking for someone who was dead, but he was alive. And so these two ladies get so excited about this, they go and they tell the other disciples. in verse nine, it says, "They returned from the tomb, and they told all of these things to the 11 and to all the rest of them. And, and they just believed in it, hook line and sinker. No, they didn't. Check out verse 11. But these words seemed to them, talking about all the other disciples of Jesus, an idle tale. And they did not believe them. Of course they didn't believe them. And Peter, who was one of Jesus' closest followers but had to see things for himself and was very impetuous and, and, and made very quick decisions, he was like, you know what, I think they're lying here, but just in case it's true... I got to go see for myself. And so he runs to the tomb, verse 12, says Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in, this would have been me, he saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. The first encounter with Jesus wasn't an encounter at all, was it? It was encounter with Emptiness. It was an encounter with an empty tomb, and that's the whole point. That was, in fact, the first encounter with Jesus, because in that moment, this small group now of disciples realizes the truth of what Jesus has been telling them all along. I mean, he was in the grave for a few days, and and they're starting to doubt it, just like we would. But God understood that some of them probably needed a little bit more. So there's another encounter, the Emmaus the road to Emmaus encounter. Check out verse 13. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all of the things that had happened. Now, this is where the story gets really actually funny. All right, check this out. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near with them and went with them. This is like Jesus going, it's April 1st, it's April Fool's Day. I've just risen from the dead. I'm going to have a little fun with this, all right? So anyway, so, I, I, you know, that's probably not really true. But anyway, so he says that, and then he draws near them and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, he says, What is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. And he said to them, what things, or, or excuse me, I'm sorry, uh, verse 18. Then one of them uh, named Cleopas answered him and said, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? You know, like, are, are, you, are you the type of person that's the last one? I, I know I am. I'm the last one to find out about stuff, you know? Like, I'm the very final person to find out. And so they're talking to Jesus about the risen Jesus. And he asks them, you know, what's going on here? What are you guys talking about? And they tell him the story. And they're like, haven't you heard? Like, do you not get the morning paper? Do you not have internet, Jesus? Come on, you should know about this. What's going on? Of course, they wouldn't have said Jesus because didn't know. Verse 19, and he said to them, what things that have happened in these days? He takes it a bit further. I love it. And they said to him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and and word before God and all the people. And in verse 21, we see this. uh, Verse 20, he says, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucify him. But look at verse 21. He says this, but we had, say that next word with me, hoped. We had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all of this, they go on. He keeps talking. He says, yes, and besides all of this, it is now the third day since these things have happened. In other words, it probably all is just a bunch of lies. Moreover, some women in our company, they amazed us. They they were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they didn't find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen visions of angels who said that he was alive. Now they're confused. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they didn't see him. They didn't see Jesus. And so you see the confusion, this tension that is set in. Because the one that they were following is now dead, and they can't explain it. They have no explanation for it. They don't really believe the testimony of these ladies who came. They're not really sure that what they believe at this point in time. Skip down to verse 28. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He, speaking of Jesus, acted as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, saying, stay with us. For it is towards evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. And in um, verse 30 says this: when he was at the table with them, he took the bread, he blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. Does that sound familiar to you? I mean, just a few days before, Jesus was in the upper room with a group of his disciples having having that Seder supper during the Passover feast, during the Passover week, remembering the deliverance of God for for the Jewish people from the hands of the Egyptians. And there he is in Emmaus with some of these followers who hadn't recognized him. And all of a sudden, they realize who they're with. And their eyes were open. verse 31, and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. But that wasn't enough. Because there were others that needed to believe. And I love it because Luke goes on to describe how these that were in Nimaeus went back into Jerusalem as quickly as they could to tell the other, other disciples. And I'm sure they're like, I don't know if these guys are going to believe us, but we have to tell them. Like, I don't, I don't know if they're going to believe. But we've got to tell them what's going on. Well, God did them a favor. in this third encounter in Jerusalem, verse 36 As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought that they saw a spirit. And verse 41 says this, And while they were still disbelieving for joy and were marveling, he said to them, You got anything to eat? you guys put the pizza away last night? Because uh, I could sure use you know, something to eat here. And what Jesus was doing, as much as we think it's funny and silly, what Jesus was doing is he was proving to them that he was, in fact, the one who had been on the cross. I am he. And then they begin to believe, and we skip down to verse 50, and it says that he led them out as far as Bethany, a place where Jesus often found himself And lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them, and he was carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple blessing God. Three encounters, one at the empty tomb, one on the road to Emmaus, one in Jerusalem. And I want you to hear this. Please don't miss this today on Easter 2018. At this moment in time, even Jesus' closest followers didn't recognize him when they had this encounter with him. Even Jesus' closest followers had trouble actually believing that everything that he said would happen had happened. You see, they had this encounter with him. And in every case, every one of the people that we talked about, you see at the end of it that they either went and told someone else or they worshiped him. And in doing so, we get the clear indication that if there was any unbelief left in them, at that point in time, they chose to believe. They had an encounter, and then they believed. They had this encounter, this... this time with Jesus where he appeared to them personally and talked to them and walked with them, but even some of the closest followers of Jesus knew about Jesus, but they didn't know Jesus, and that's a huge distinction. It may sound like the same thing, but it's far from the same thing. See, I think we can know a lot about God's Son, Jesus, but my question to you today on Easter 2018 is do you know him personally? Do you know him personally? You might be someone who, you know, like sat in church all of your life and you heard messages like this and many others and maybe even went to school, you went to Bible school or you heard some Bible along the way and maybe even study. And so, like, if we had trivia night here tonight, Jesus trivia night, you'd be able to answer all the questions, you'd win the prize. So you know a lot about Jesus. my question to you today is, do you know Jesus? Jesus personally? Have you come to a place where when you encountered him, you decided to believe? Because in all of these cases that we just read about, at the end of themselves, they had to come to a conclusion, and the conclusion in every case was that he was real, that Jesus did die on the cross, that he was alive. After being dead, and that Jesus is the redeemer that they had hoped for. Oh man, that's the beauty of the risen Savior. Is that He was and He is everything that He talked about. And my challenge to you today on 2018, Easter 2018, on April 1st, the first day of April. No, no jokes in here. Okay, all right, all right for a moment. You can do that later at lunch, all right? Here's the deal. Do you really know Jesus personally? We have this you know, little um, nomenclature in, the, in our Christian culture, and uh, sometimes we take it too far by, by, by uh, you know, any, any uh, view. We take it too far sometimes, our little cultural things that we talk about in the church. But there's one that is so deeply important, and we ask people this question, and the world looks at us like we're crazy, and it's this. It's the statement, a personal relationship with Jesus. You do realize that if you do have a personal relationship with Jesus, those who don't probably think that you're crazy. And they think that we're crazy. But i got to tell you, God would not have sent Jesus back to this earth to appear over the course of 40 days to 500 different people personally if he didn't want to have a personal relationship with us. And so my question to you today is, do you know him personally, or do you just know about him? Do you know him personally, or do you just know about him? Philip Yancey, in Reaching for the Invisible God, says this, getting to know God is a lot like getting to know a person. You spend time together, whether happy or sad, you laugh together, you weep together, you even fight and argue together, and then you reconcile. See, that's what a personal relationship with the God of the universe is all about, because he rose from the grave. I come home at night, and uh, I've, my kids are getting a little bit older now. Um, they're 13 and uh, 11. Uh, and, and I come home at night, and um, it used to be that the kids would be like, Dad's home! And they would come running to me. You guys remember that? If your parents are like, Dad's home! Yeah, he's home! That doesn't happen anymore in my house. But you know who's excited when I come home? The dog. Kokomo. He's He's excited. <laughs> Kokomo comes up, and he, he rushes up to me, and he starts biting at my pant leg, and he barks, and he's really loud. But he barks, he, he barks, and he barks, and he barks, and he barks, and he is really persistent. And he could have gone on his walk, or he could have been, you know, out. Uh, I'm sorry, it's Easter. I shouldn't be talking about out, but that's okay. So anyway, so he's, he could have been out over the last hour like ten times. But when I come home, I'm dad to him, and when I come home, he is waiting for that walk. And my family's like, why do you have to take him for a walk every night? Well, I put on his leash, and I take him for a walk, not because he needs to go out or for a walk. Don't tell him that, okay? But there are a lot of days I need some time by myself to do what Philip Yancey talked about. Just to talk, just to cry out, to get mad sometimes, to be thankful sometimes, to be joyful sometimes, but to talk to the God of the universe. And I hope if you're here today, and maybe you've sat in church for a long time, and you associate yourself with being a Christian, but you've never entered into that personal relationship with Christ that you would do it. Yeah, the world's going to think you're crazy, but you know what? Having a personal relationship with the God of the universe is a lot better than anything the world is going to tell us that we're crazy about right hope that you would do that today. If you're here today and you're skeptical and you're like, man, I don't even know if I believe this whole Jesus thing, my prayer is is that you would accept him as your savior regardless of where you've been. Regardless of how ashamed you might think you are. Regardless of how much you think you don't deserve it. That's why he died on the cross. is for you. You These disciples came to the end of their excuse. They came to the end of their disbelief. And at some moment in time they chose to enter in that personal relationship with the Son of God, the Risen One. You can have that kind of relationship today. It begins with understanding three things about this gospel message, why Jesus came. He came because this fact is true. You and I, we all have sin, and that sin keeps us from a holy God. Romans three twenty three says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The second thing that we need to understand is that God loved us so much that he sent his Son Jesus, to die for our sins. That's why he died on the cross, is to take the sins of the world away. Romans 6, 23 says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift, say that with me, free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the third thing you need to understand today is is that we receive eternal life if we choose to believe in Jesus. John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son and whoever believes in him should not perish, but will have eternal life. And I want to tell you today that if you're here, wherever you're seated, if you're in backstage or over here to my right or standing up, some of you are like, I'm not even seated. Or if you're in here in, this, in the main room in here, I want you to know something that you can walk in that personal relationship with God. You can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you died today, that you would spend eternity in heaven with him. That's why he rose again from the grave. That's why we celebrate Easter. That's why we say he has risen, he has risen indeed. It's because of this encounter that we can have with him. Would you pray with me this morning? Father God, I thank you so much for everyone who's here. God, I thank you so much that you chose, even though you were tempted in the Garden of Gethsemane, to forego the cross. God, you chose to willingly be the last sacrifice that we would ever need for the forgiveness of sins. And God, I thank you that not only were you willing to do that, but in your sovereignty, you rose again from the dead. You brought life to death. And because of Easter, because you have risen, we can know that not only are our sins forgiven, but we can have life with you in heaven when we die because if you were the God that overcame death with your son you can do it for us and that's what you've promised and God I pray for anyone who's in here anyone in the sound of my voice who may know about you but they don't really know you. God, I pray that you would allow them to have the courage to put any kind of pride aside, to realize that maybe they're at the end of all their excuses and all the reasons why not. And God, I pray that they would reach out regardless of any thought they have if they've never done this and accept you as their savior. Maybe you're in here today and you're a skeptic. Maybe. Maybe you're even a critic of this whole Christianity, God, Jesus thing. But maybe something clicked this morning. And you're like, you know, I'm out of excuses. I'm out of reasons. It's time for me to finally say yes to Jesus. Or maybe you're here and you've sat in church like I described earlier for a long time. And you would say, yeah, I'm on the Jesus team. But I really haven't entered into that personal relationship with Him. I want to invite you, regardless of what end of that spectrum you're on or somewhere in between or something beyond on either side of that, I want to invite you to accept Jesus as your Savior right now. And I'm going to pray a prayer out loud, and I want to invite you to pray it just you and God. There's nothing magical about these words. What's really important is the intent of your heart. And if you would like to receive Jesus as your personal Savior today, I wanna invite you to pray this prayer that I'm gonna pray out loud right now. God, thank you for sending Jesus, your son, to die on the cross, to rise again three days later. And I admit today, on April 1st, 2018, that I am a sinner. And right now, I receive, I accept, I believe in you Jesus to be my personal Savior help me now Father God to live for you if you prayed that little prayer just in the quietness of this room with every head bowed and every eye closed I hate to be embarrassed and I promise I won't embarrass you but I want to pray for you if you prayed that prayer along with me would you be so bold to just raise your hand and let me pray for you awesome awesome all over the place just keep your hands up for a moment if you would so I can pray for you Just keep them up for a second. God, I thank you so much for these who have their hands raised. God, I pray right now for all of these who have said yes to you today. God, wherever they are spiritually, God, I I just thank you that today is their day of salvation. God, never more do they have to worry about what it means on the other side of this life. God, I pray that you would anchor them to your word and to a group of people, to a church who want to help them grow in their faith, walk with you. You can put your hands down. God, I pray for each and every one of us who's in here. God, for those of us who already have accepted you as our Savior. God, I pray that this Easter we would be fully aware of the deep meaning of what it means that you died for our sins. But also that you rose again from the grave. God, you're the victorious one. And we just want to give you praise and glory right now because you are the one that's victorious. Pray all of this in the strong and the mighty and the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.